way is that we care for every living thing that's on our country. That's what I've been taught by my elders and they were taught by their elders before them. What's missing in the whole allocation framework is a recognition of the prior rights of Aboriginal people who are the traditional owners, the First Nations of these areas. Welcome to Earth Matters, a national program covering environmental justice news produced at 3CR Radio on the land of the Kulin Nations and broadcast across the continent on the Community Radio Network. I'm Jem Rommeld. The Murray-Darling is a vital inland river system that has been relied on and overused for many decades. One response to the failing health of the system has been the Murray-Darling Basin Plan, which enables water allocations to be bought back from farmers and irrigators and kept in the river. Recently, rogue senators and angry irrigators from the South Basin have managed to mount a Senate Select Committee inquiry into the Basin Plan. The inquiry is essentially about attacking the river-saving buyback of water for the environment. Let's hear more about this Senate committee and the Campaign for Indigenous Water Rights more broadly from Will Mooney of the River Country Campaign at Friends of the Earth and Darren Perry, chairperson of Mildren, the Murray-Lower-Darling River's Indigenous Nations. My name is Will Mooney. I'm a community campaigner with the River Country Campaign of Friends of the Earth Melbourne. Great. And can you explain Friends of the Earth's involvement in the campaign for Indigenous water rights in the Murray-Darling Basin? Because it's has been involved for quite a long time, I believe. That's right. Friends of the Earth Melbourne has a long relationship um, and a long history of working in solidarity with traditional owners in the Murray-Darling Basin to protect environmentally and culturally significant landscapes and the river systems that uh, nourish those landscapes. That relationship or that history of of working together, I guess, really goes back uh, to the campaign to protect the red gum forests, uh, particularly the Barma-Milwa forest um, and, and other really important red gum forests along the Murray River. That was a campaign that Friends of the Earth led, but in close partnership with traditional owners um, who have lived in and cared for those environments for thousands of years, yeah. in particular the, the Yorta Yorta people who are the traditional owners of the Barma Forest um, and, and, and a range of different groups and organisations along the river. So that was a formative um, period, of, the, of, I guess, of the relationship. Um, the Barma Milua campaign, as it was known then, went on to campaign very strongly for strong environmental outcomes in the Murray-Darling Basin Plan. Those, particularly those, those red gum forests and the wetlands and other significant ecosystems along the Murray obviously uh, rely on healthy and natural flows of water to sustain um, the ecological characteristics of those, of those landscapes. Yeah. So it's a natural progression and the traditional owners as well in these areas recognise the need for water. You, know, you need water in these places to, to keep them alive and keep them healthy. Mm. So, you know, the natural evolution of that campaign was to to work to protect, uh, sorry, to, to ensure there was adequate environmental flows um, achieved through the Murray-Darling Basin Plan. Mm. Um, and that, again, I guess, sort of uh, rolled into the next round of work, which was a more dedicated campaign um, around Aboriginal water rights in the Murray-Darling Basin. We have um, a consumptive pool where there's there's water which is owned um, for consumptive use by irrigators, farmers, industry, and um, uh, you know for human consumption. We have an environmental pool, which is water that the uh, mostly the Commonwealth, but also the state governments have have bought back or recovered to you know to basically to run down the river to sustain that the environment. What's missing in the whole allocation framework is a recognition of the prior rights of Aboriginal people who are the traditional owners, the First Nations of these areas. Um, Aboriginal people 
utilized water. They um, both the, the cultural. I mean, there was uh, water was very significant culturally, spiritually, mm. um, and it, it has a central role in a lot of you know stories um, and and spirituality of people along the river. Mm. But it also had a, a really vital economic role. Um, a role in, in transport. You know, people used canoes to travel along the river system. Um, uh, water was used, water was extracted and used for irrigation um, and various different uses that sustain, that sort of underpin the economy of, of traditional owners in those regions. So mm. there's a really strong argument for um, some sort of restorative justice or, or a restorative allocation of water for traditional owners to meet their ongoing, I mean, their. Their, their cultural needs, but their ongoing um, and evolving, you know, community and socioeconomic needs as well. Two documentaries called The Cultural Flows Films were made by the Wadi Wadi and Muddy Muddy nations to explore their connection to the waterways of their country. Listen in for the trailer. The water is a meeting place. It's, what would you be without the water? And this is where we bring the kids down and we teach the kids about the water, about the land, about you know the environment. Because it all starts right here. I want my kids and my grandkids to enjoy the same benefits I had growing up here and spending time out here. And I think that's yeah, that's right across the board, whether it's in, um, Indigenous or non-Indigenous. These little like boomerangs, they represent people sitting down. And what it is, is a tribe that sits around the fire and say their children on the outside. And these are the emu's footprints. And over here is a watering hole. So what it means is the people have, the elders have seen that the emus have gone to the river, so they've decided to go down there to hunt them. I lived away for a lot of years, and when I come home, I see my river was stagnant. It wasn't even moving. Yeah, you could call it culture water, you can call it whatever kind of water you like. The thing is, this is my, this is my inherent right to this river country to make sure that that water is always flowing past my place. That was the trailer for the Cultural Flows films produced by members of the Wadi Wadi and Muddy Muddy Nations. You can see it on Vimeo by searching for Cultural Flows film. So this campaign has... Uh, partly come out of um, the great need, I guess, for the um, the health of that river system to be restored because it's been um, really vastly depleted by largely, would, would you say it's largely agricultural use along uh, in Victoria and in New South Wales? Particularly in the last 50 years, there's been increasing levels of extraction of water for irrigation from the Murray-Darling Basin system, yeah. particularly as we've seen high in water intensity crops like rice and cotton um, expand, you know, in the northern basin, but now more, even more so in the southern basin as well. Yeah. There's a high demand um, for water. 
what you know australia is the is the you know the driest inhabited continent on earth and the murray darling basin is, is a huge river system that runs through what is a, a, a in some places an arid inland part of the country so it's sort of a vital um lifeline of of, of water um and so there's a you know there's there's a high demand on that system mm-hmm. um and, and and a high level of extraction so the the basin plan set um a sustainable diversion limit that's Probably mm-hmm. the key kind of component of the of the basin plan is that it it set a limit on the amount of water that could be removed from the river for consumptive use. So just um, take us back a moment. Mm. And what is the basin plan? Okay. And yeah. when did that begin? There was, I guess, there was a political movement during the Millennium Drought um, uh, in the early two thousands when the country, but particularly the Murray Darling Basin, was experiencing that that very crippling drought that went on for a long time. There was a real political momentum then to do something about that, and there was a recognition that um, both the ecosystems but also the communities that relied on that sort of ecological health of the Murray Darling Basin uh, were were really suffering during that drought. And so there was there was real political will and momentum then. And actually, you know, to his credit, um, the current Prime Minister, Malcolm Turnbull, took a quite an important role early on there as Water Minister, initiating some of the reforms that led to the, the National Water Act. Mm-hmm. So the National Water Act was passed in 2007, but that itself was the culmination of, of various kind of agreements between the states and the Commonwealth leading up to then. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Commonwealth Water Act uh, created the requirement to establish a basin plan and set limits on the amount of water that can be taken out of the, out of the river. Okay. Uh, so up from from 2007 and to, to, until 2012, when the basin plan was finally brought into law, there was a long process of negotiation and political um, kind of you know there was there was um, political conflict over over what would be the target set in the basin plan. We saw irrigators in in Griffith when the the draft basin plan was released, you know, burning copies of the plan um, out of frustration. So. Wow. Yeah, there's there's a there's a very strong um, push from the from the irrigators and the farmers' lobbies to, um, to to reduce the limits of, of how much water water can be taken out of the river. So mm-hmm. they want to they want to retain access to to that water for you know for consumptive use. While the Basin Authority's modelling suggested a recovery target of 4,000 gigalitres is needed to sustain ecological assets, the Basin Plan actually ended up with a recovery target of 2,750 gigalitres to be returned to the river every year. Friends of the Earth's view is that a recovery target of 3,200 gigalitres is the minimum that is needed to be returned to the river. Um, yeah, I'm Darren Perry. I'm the uh, chair of the Murray Lower Darling River Indigenous Nations, and also a intake man from the northwest of Victoria. Great. Where are you speaking to us from today? I'm um, actually in Swan Hill, where I live these days. And can you please tell us what is Mildren and how did it start, and who does the who does the network rep- represent? Uh, Mildren's a federation of traditional owner nations. First People Nations along um, the, the southern part of the Murray Basin. Um, it came from a group of elders getting together in the late 90s um, to discuss, you know, the the state of the river and all of its systems and how, how it was declining. So they um, thought, what could they do about it? So they got together and started talking to the old Murray Basin Commission, and uh, there was a Memorandum of Understanding drawn up between the two and uh, the Murray-Darling Basin Commission started to fund Mildren and that's uh, where its beginning came from. 
Mm-hmm. There was originally 11 nations that formed Mildren, and today we're up to 24 nations. Mm, wow, so it's really grown quite a lot. Definitely, yep. Mm. I've been reading about this Senate inquiry that's going on at the moment, looking at the Murray-Darling Basin plan. And what is what is your perspective on this uh, on this Senate commission, and and what is what was Mildred's submission um, to that committee? Uh, we, we've said, you know, all along that we weren't happy with the original basin plan. We we still don't believe there was enough water allocated to the environment uh, to fulfil our cultural needs and. The, you know, the, just the health of the environment overall. But, um, you know, we we agreed that, okay, we'll work with what we've got, which was the original basin plan. Um, and now they're still trying to pull that apart. And we just wanted to give the basin plan a go to see if it'll work or not. You know, why, why, how can you really say something's not going to work until you're given it a chance so you can really see whether it does work or not? Mm, yeah, absolutely, because it's only been going for a couple of years now. Uh, well, it was put into legislation in 2012, mm-hmm. but um, the Basin Plan doesn't come into full effect until 2019. Mm-hmm. So it hasn't even really begun yet. So. Mm. I can hear the So before this basin plan came along, how have you seen your country impacted by by the overuse of the Murray-Darling River system? Oh, look, we've seen our, our whole system suffer. You know, like um, we, we've seen the introduction of carp and that into the waterways and, and the turbidity that comes from that. But just the, the lack of water available now because you know irrigation is such a big. Uh, a big part of our life now, and uh, you know the impacts of overuse and overallocation of our waterways has been terrible to us. Because um, you know we we always had water coming, uh, good quantities of water coming down the river at certain times that supported our cultural practices, mm. and uh, you know that's that's been heavily impacted by um, you know over overusing the river. And how would you like to see? Your country restored. What's your What's your vision for, like your ideal um, vision for the river? Well, uh, to uh, quite simply, in the words of uh, a Nurunjeri elder from Kurung, who's no longer with us under Contravoro, his philosophy and you know, our ancestors' philosophy, which where he got it from, is that the you know the best management practices simply don't be greedy. Everyone share. You know, and uh, then then there's enough for everybody, and that's what I'd like to see, and that'd revive everything for all of us. You're listening to Earth Matters, produced on the land of the Kulin Nations, and broadcast across this country on the Community Radio Network. We're speaking with Darren Perry of the Murray Lower Darling Rivers Indigenous Nations and Will Mooney from Friends of the Earth discussing the recent political attack via a Senate committee on the Basin Plan, which is intended to recover water for the environmental and cultural health of the river system and the Aboriginal people whose country it flows through. 
we're a couple of years in now to that mm. basin plan. And this issue is fairly hot right now because there's a Senate committee looking at the plan. Mm. Um, how did this Senate committee come about? Um, what do you see mm. as the purpose behind it? Well, as we know, there's been um, resistance um, against the plan and the recovery of water for the environment since it was first, um, you know, first mooted. That sort of resistance and I guess that community mobilisation has really kind of ramped up in the last year or so, as um, particularly as as water was has been brought back for the environment. Um, the irrigators and farmers complain that. By taking water, I mean, no one. It's important to clarify here that no one is ever forced to sell their water back to the Commonwealth. What the Commonwealth does is says, "Hey, we, we'd like to buy some water. Um, we're going to buy it back off you. We're going to we're going to use it to to put to you know put down the river or send into important wetlands to sustain the health of those wetlands and you know to help fish breeding, water bird breeding events, red gum forest health, all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So the Commonwealth." What the Commonwealth basically does is enters the water market with some money and says, we'd like to buy some water. Is anyone keen to sell? And that's a voluntary It's completely scheme. voluntary. Mm-hmm. And early on, in the, in the, um, early on in that buyback process, there were a lot of farmers who were struggling and mm-hmm. saw it as a, you know, a good option to sell you know, all or some of their water to increase their flexibility, perhaps use that funding to, you know, to uh, upgrade some of their infrastructure and that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. a lot of farmers have benefited from, from, those buy, from that buyback process, uh, you know. Mm-hmm quite considerably in some cases. Mm. So, but there's an argument um, that, or that, you know, this is the sort of argument, I guess, that, that the irrigators and the farmers are running is that those buybacks um, sort of erode the sustainability of a lot of these regional communities. So they're concerned that by taking water out, you know, even if I'm, I'm a farmer and I keep my water, if the guy next door sells his water, that sort of undermines the whole um, sustainability of the community. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that's a sort of, I guess, a legitimate concern that's, that needs to be looked into because this whole process is, I mean, it's what we're talking about here is a, a major structural adjustment process. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so basically what we've seen is a, a real mobilisation of, of anger, basically, from, from farmers um, and irrigators about the plan and about that water recovery process. Mm-hmm. Some of the crossbench senators, so these are some of the same senators that we saw mount and recently uh, an inquiry um, into, into the wind power, um, you know, sort of hearing all these claims that uh, wind turbines are making people sick and all this kind of thing. Mm. Um, it's a very reactionary um, and it's politically motivated um, mm. Senate inquiry, basically. We've had a few projects under the, the old Living Murray um, project, so there's been some works and measures done to put in regulators and a, and a couple of small weirs to uh, mimic natural flooding regimes, because um, you know there's just very little water in the river, or well, there has been, you know, the, um, millennium drought. Uh, so we needed these structures in place to allow some flooding of the wetlands and creek systems in Nintai country, mm. which has worked. You know, we, we've been a bit worried about the extent of the works because it, it's big cultural landscape change. And, um, you know, it can have an impact on our cultural heritage, both physical, you know, like in sites, and some of our sites are, you know, much older than the pyramids, mm. and uh, also on, on our, um, our non-physical culture. You know, and our relation 
to the beginning of time and all of our stories and our song lines and all this impacts on that. So, mm. um, you know, this is the trade-off. Save the environment, have an impact on our culture. So. Mm. Yeah, can you explain to me uh, what cultural flows means? Well, cultural flows, in, in a nutshell, it's um, water that's owned by Aboriginal people that's beneficial to us socially, culturally, spiritually and economically. So, you know, water that um, we can use how we see see, um, see that it needs to be used. And does the plan recognise the... Uh, the the vital importance of maintaining cultural flows is that part of it? Yeah, well, the the actual basin plan, um, it, it, what the basin plan is is all the four states need to do water resource plans you know, and and show how that they've um, allocated all their water and you know it's in a sustainable manner and all of those water resource plans now must um, have regard to Aboriginal culture. Um, Aboriginal values and uses of water, mm. and you know this is cultural flows in a nutshell. So um, yeah, it's it's certainly looking at it, but whether the states manage to put it into practice, we still wait to see that. So what do you think the result will be of this Senate committee and uh, where, to, where to next for this campaign? So some of the key senators in the committee have already preempted its outcome in some ways. They appeared uh, in Parliament House a couple of weeks ago um, saying, well, we've, we've, we've been to a few hearings and we already uh, our, our, um, what we want is for the basin plan to be paused. So this is the, this is the sort of the key, I guess, the key line that they're running, pause the plan. Mm. Um, so that's yeah. In, in a way, they've already kind of well. We'd like to see that they wait till they've you know been to all the hearings and read all the submissions and taken you know um, heard evidence from Aboriginal groups, for example, and other environment groups to hear that the whole sort of broad spectrum of, of outcomes. Mm. But they seem to have already sort of preempted that outcome, which is you know we want we want the basin plan paused, um, which is really just about sort of you know protecting farmers' interests, I guess, mm. um, and 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 you know questioning. Um, whether the environmental watering is even having any benefit. Um, the committee is meant to inquire into the, 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 the um, positive and negative outcomes of the Basin Plan. What we're seeing at the moment is they're focusing on the negative outcomes mm. and they're talking about this social impact, but there seems to be very little um, understanding or acceptance of, of some of the positive outcomes. And that's what you know we've put forward is that you know, we know that there's positive outcomes arising from environmental watering. Yes, it's a new it's a new science. You know, learning how to deliver water um, in a highly managed system to sustain environmental values is a, it's a new science. It's being developed, at, you know, day by day. It's they're, they're learning to to sort of do it better. Mm. Um, but we know there's positive outcomes. You know, fish breeding. Um, you know, native vegetation, mm. the connectivity of the river system and floodplains, all those sort of things, mm. you know, and some of the traditional owners that, that we work with um, also, there's really positive outcomes around working on country in collaboration with water management agencies to mm. monitor the outcomes of environmental watering. Mm. So, yeah, we, we know there's positive outcomes, but they're, they're not getting, you know, it's very hard to cut through the, um, I guess, the sort of, the story of um, fear and angst, um, and you know, farmers doing it tough. It's it's very hard to cut through that story with a positive mm. 
um, recognition of the outcomes, you know, the, the, the really positive outcomes of the plan. Will Mooney from the River Country Campaign at Friends of the Earth. Is there anything in particular that you think our listeners can do? Oh, look, if, if um, people can, if people believe that Aboriginal people have a right to water and you know have a very good understanding of how water works in this country, if they can support us in what we do, because what we do is we fight for water for everybody, because our, our cultural way is that we care for every living thing that's on our country. That's what I've been taught by my elders, and they were taught by their elders before them. So if people support us in our fight, they're looking after themselves and the rest of the country at the same time. So, yeah, if uh, people can look at our web page on Facebook, uh, our Facebook page, and, um, yeah, we're on Twitter. So if people want to support Mildred in its fight for Aboriginal water rights, please do so. Is there anything else you want to say? I'd just like to say that, you know, as Aboriginal people have um, lived with and beside our waterways for uh, many, many thousands of generations and you know, we have a very good understanding of how this country works over a long time period and we've seen wets and dries and droughts and floods and everything. So we have a pretty good understanding of how it all works and when people don't listen to us, they're just not doing themselves a favour. <laughs> Darren Perry, chairperson of the Murray Lower Darling Rivers Indigenous Nations. You can find out more from their website, which is mldrin.org.au. Please also visit the River Country campaign page at the Friends of the Earth website and sign an online letter to Prime Minister Turnbull, calling him to commit to the Basin Plan in full and on time. Find it and sign it at allofthews.melbourne.fo.org.au slash river hyphen country. I'm Jem Rommeld and this has been Earth Matters, produced at 3CR Radio in Melbourne. We'd like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their financial support and the folks at the Community Radio Network who get this show out across the country to you, our listeners. You can contact us by emailing earthmatters3cr at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook or call up the station on 03 9419 The music you've heard on this show is Green River by Credence Clearwater Revival and Take Me to the River by Talking Heads. Thanks for listening and we look forward to getting more environmental justice news to you next week.
jail black males in Australia nationally at a rate five times greater than apartheid South Africa jail black males in 1993. The suicide and self-harm rates are the highest in the world and the life expectancy gap is the biggest in the first world. You know, Australians don't like hearing the truth about how bad things are, but the more we resolve from it, the longer this is going to continue. Black fella, white fella, it doesn't matter what you colour. Mainstream media is not interested in this stuff. It doesn't find space to talk truthfully and deeply about issues that affect all Australians. The only place predominantly you will find that with any real depth is on community radio, and 3CR has been one of the great leaders in that. So if people are wondering where they should spend their hard-earned cash, I would suggest 3CR is a bloody good place to start. What your name is, we got the hand. Lots of changes, we need more brothers.